0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode eight of Coffee with the Queen. I'm Nicole. And I'm Cindy. And today we have a very special guest, Ben, the chief farmer and CEO of Gold Mountain Coffee Growers and Finca Idealista. So welcome, Ben.
1: Thank you very much. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Thank you for taking time out of your schedule to speak with us. For those of you unfamiliar with Ben and his great work, Gold Mountain Coffee Growers connects eco-conscious farmers directly with coffee roasters and in doing so enables these farmers to grow outstanding award-winning coffees, increase their standard of living, contribute to sustainable development projects, and support, enhance, and even employ other non-coffee growing members of the community. So Gold Mountain Coffee Growers also works to protect the natural environment, and recently purchased a private rainforest nature preserve, which is crazy. So how do you do all this, and how do you get involved in this, Ben? This is really incredible, creating this little intro for you. I yeah. really felt like under-accomplished in my yeah. life right now.
1: <laughs> no, well, no you, you're very accomplished. You've done so much, so don't, don't put yourself down. I started coffee farming after studying in Nicaragua in undergrad. And I was crazy enough after a bunch of farmers that I was interviewing said, Hey, Ben, want to buy a coffee farm? Coffee farming, <laughs> you know, is fun and coffee farming is great and it's profitable and and so wonderful in so many ways. And I was crazy enough to say yes and then immediately learn that coffee farming is almost impossible to make successful economically is challenging in in terms of the amount of time it takes up in your life, which is all of it, and is very, very just hard to make work. So I found that we had to do something drastic. And I'm a former staffer in the United States Senate who worked on foreign policy and improving systems and efficiencies. So I thought, okay, well, here I am in Nicaragua on a mountaintop with this coffee farm and all these other farmers are telling me, oh, this is really hard. I I even joined a fair trade co-op and everyone said fair trade doesn't work. What can we do? And so I founded Gold Mountain Coffee Growers to connect all of our harvests directly with roasters and make a higher impact in terms of a positive impact in the world through coffee quality and fight poverty through coffee quality. So that's what Golden Mountain Coffee Growers does. That's a quick version <laughs> of a very long story that's taken more than a decade. And but now we are we are where we are.
0: For anyone who hasn't tried the coffee, it's absolutely outstanding. We definitely think so here. Yeah, but you've also got proof. I think I saw that 2019, you won 27 awards with your coffee collectively. Yeah,
1: Golden being North America in the U.S. and in Australia, and roasters won awards in both places with our coffee, both continents and. Our coffee has been written up in coffee review, a whole bunch of them scored above 90 points, which for anyone listening who's familiar with wine and scores for wine, it's a similar yeah. system. So if you have a above 90 point wine or coffee, it's, it's something really awesome.
0: Yes, kudos. That's fantastic. Thank you. This month, we really wanted to highlight you guys because you have incredible coffee, but then you also do so much that helps the environment and the people's. Gold Mountain Coffee Growers does direct trade with roasters. And for anyone Mm -hmm. who doesn't know what that means, it means they sell directly to roasters. So there's no Mm -hmm. middleman. Roasters and growers work together to establish a price. There's a lot of, you know, I know there can be customizations. Looking at your processing, you do a number Mm -hmm. of different processing, but really, what does Mm -hmm. direct trade do for your farmers and how important is that relationship with the roasters?
1: Yeah, it means everything because traditionally, Farmers in Nicaragua sell just in the local market and most farmers are smaller farmers. There are some really big ones, but most people are just bringing their coffee on the local bus if there is one or in a pickup truck if they're really lucky to have one to or sometimes even on the back of a motorcycle to a local market and just sell at a miserable price that's below even the the global prices in New York or Germany. And if they're selling with a co-op, it's also usually a pretty low price. And even if they're selling to a mill, it's, it's usually a pretty low price. Yeah. So what Gold Mountain Coffee Growers has done is cut out all of these middlemen so that farmers can sell their coffee direct from their farms in Nicaragua all the way up to Roaster's Roasteries. And in practice, there are, I mean, that's a big oversimplification because there's so many steps that go into it there's drying and hulling and sorting and and so much more and shipping and everything that goes into it so the coffee Mm -hmm. that comes off a farm isn't the final product Mm -hmm. so gold mountain coffee growers as a social enterprise we do all of that work in order to benefit the farmers in our group some more of the benefits of direct trade are just prices that let people actually it sounds horrible to say so but to eat When people sell locally, it's it's such a low price that people even have trouble putting food on their tables. So when you're able to get a better price by going straight to a roaster, you're able to support your family, your workers, and get by.
2: Ben, these are relationships that are unable to be established in Nicaragua under fair trade rules?
1: So fair trade, there's nothing saying that someone can't be certified as fair trading they there and we're not gonna get into all the different <laughs> nuances of oh, fair of trade course. but there are different certifiers and entities within fair that call themselves fair trade and we could actually get our farm certified under one that's called fair trade usa and there's another one called transfer that we could not because we're not a cooperative and you have to be a certain exact form of producer group in order to use that fair trade certification but we found that the thousands of dollars that we would be paying to certify right. as fair trade exactly. or to, you know, we have a whole rainforest and we use a mushroom instead of pesticide to control coffee boar beetle and we can get all into sustainability. But We do all kinds of work on sustainability, but we we didn't choose to get a rainforest alliance or other certification like that that would a little sticker for people to know that we're sustainable, we found more meaning in having these direct relationships with roasters, having the roasters come and visit if they want, and if they can't come and visit as often as we all like, and even they would like because they're so busy, we're always sending sometimes live videos or recording videos and images and showing what we're doing, and every single lot that's picked, we have a picture of those specific cherries from every single day of picking, it goes into your coffee. So that level of detail and traceability is not something that you traditionally get through some of the other bigger volume channels.
2: Well, yeah, it seems much more effective and much more transparent and doesn't involve a lot of these costs that so many of these certifications require.
1: Yeah, yeah. So we you know, we bought a rainforest with what we probably would have cost throughout the years to maintain a certification that shows that we're environmentally friendly and, and we protect that rainforest and we're never going to grow coffee there. And we have armed security guards that prevent poaching and deforestation there. So
0: I want to come a, Yeah,
1: come visit. <laughs> I do too. Sure. Yeah,
0: once the travel bans lift,
1: yeah. You're but I want to
0: add to that too because I feel you're, like you're being a little humble just for anyone who's not familiar with the coffee yet. In addition to As Cindy mentioned and Ben mentioned, those certifications are very expensive. We do have a blog on that if you want to see. Many, what I would call socially responsible, environmentally conscious farms have chosen to opt out of those certifications because they can invest the money better. And you really have done an amazing job. You've done a lot with education. It seems like on the farm, both for your farmers, for children in the local community, public works projects. So on your website that you've Mm -hmm. brought running water to schools, which is really vital in those areas.
1: Yeah, so we've done a lot of projects and some of them are free computing classes for girls from coffee communities who wouldn't traditionally have very much access to learning about technology. And then even if they decide to go to university would be very behind most of the kids in the city. So we thought that that would be a great project for the kids of coffee farmers or any any kids from coffee communities And then, yeah, we've put running water in schools. We give access to credit to farmers. We've done projects on, you know, helping farmers improve their houses or their wet mills. There there are all kinds of things. The rainforest that we bought, we have a chicken composting project where we have not composting chickens, but um, where we have chickens above our compost and their droppings add nitrogen into our compost so that. We can use that as a natural organic fertilizer. So, yeah, we do all kinds of projects. But the biggest benefit, I would say, Nicole, is that when farmers connect directly with roasters, they can make an income so that they can choose what they need to do on their farms and send their kids to school. And so, yeah, we're proud of the computing classes for girls, and we're proud of helping people with wet mills and running water in schools. We've helped improve some schools, created other classrooms. When there was just one big classroom, we've helped build some movable walls and things so that not all the kids from different grade levels had to be learning in that one classroom, but could actually concentrate better with different rooms. But we're actually more proud, ironically, it might sound, but but it, there is some sense to it of... Connecting farmers and roasters because then all these farmers earn a standard of living that's higher and they can send their kids to school with the right books and the right materials and the right clothing and send their kids to university. We were just talking to a farmer who's been paying their kids university tuition for years by being part of our group. So, those direct connections, allowing farmers to earn their own income rather than giving handouts, is what makes us the happiest and why we exist.
2: You
0: empower them. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's huge. Yeah. Much like micro lending, when you give the means to the person that has the problem and then they grow and solve the problem themselves, it empowers them to help others the same way. It's beautiful.
1: Yes. Yeah. And they know what to do. So, you know, we're not too paternalistic when someone asks for a loan from us. I mean, we do do our due diligence and make sure that they're not someone who it's going to go drink it off or, or things like that. But when it's a member of our group who's responsible and has a track record of working with us, then they can get pretty quick access to credit. And in Nicaragua, I was just reading in the newspaper today, actually, it's already been difficult to have access to loans, but it's going to be even harder because of this whole global crisis right now. And there's just so much risk out there. So imagine you're a poor coffee farmer who needs to buy fertilizer And you can't get a loan of even a few hundred dollars or a few thousand dollars to be able to do that. Well, your whole crop is going to be failing within the next year because you weren't able to get access to that loan. So, yeah, it's micro loans or medium sized loans are part of what we do also within our group. And and that's very important to farmers and their workers.
0: It's really incredible. I hadn't even considered that aspect. So, So what are you guys working on now? Are there any interesting projects going on?
1: Yeah. So right now we're working on, first of all, the hulling. So we're finishing up the harvest and we're starting to hull and sort the coffee, which means, you know, coffee starts out as a cherry and then the bean grows inside that cherry. And then next we depulp it, we ferment it, we wash it, we dry it, and then it has to be stored inside for a while for moisture distribution. And then after all that, we can do hulling so and sorting. So that's what we're on right now. On our farm right now, we're just doing what's called poda, which is where we trim the trees as the harvest is finishing up. The trees that have finished their production that are less strong, we chop them down to knee level, and then they grow up again stronger within another two years. So then that's two years, really more like three, before the coffee is economically viable again. So we're going through and selecting one by one which trees are ready for that process we're also and this is kind of <laughs> sad but we have this beautiful lookout spot on our farm that's at the top of the mountain that looks out over our farm and other farms and the valley below and it's incredible and we love to do cuppings and pour overs up there and everything mm-hmm. with a camping stove and we're improving the path up to it but people can't visit so <laughs> <laughs> we're we're really hopeful hopeful that this whole thing will pass over in not a really long time, so that people can come visit again and and go up to that beautiful area that we're working on fixing up and having be in tip top shape. I can't yeah, wait. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I think come I visit.
0: I steps on your Instagram page earlier. Yes. Magical. Exactly. If you guys haven't gone and visit the Gold Mountain Coffee Growers Instagram page, you can see pictures of these steps that lead up to this magical spot, and it really does look like something out of a fairy tale.
1: Yep. It's very beautiful. It's incredible.
0: So, how does this year's crop look? Our roaster, Mike just roasted a micro lot from mm-hmm. Jose Francisco and Emma. I saw the bag. He said it was absolutely phenomenal. How's this year's looking?
1: This year's crop is looking even better. Each year I cup the coffees and I go wow and I go, oh my goodness, upper eighties or nineties or, or or for so many of the different days of picking on separate farms and parcels. But we've now reached this level where our ripeness team is just killing it in a good way where They're really working so well hand in hand with every different farm. And I'm getting pictures live as the picking's happening of this is the level of ripeness that we're achieving on this farm. We're taking the sugar readings with what's called a BRICS refractometer where we measure the sugar content of the cherries Mm -hmm. that we're picking. And we're getting such high readings and the cherries are looking so perfectly ripe and we're sorting so well that it's even better. I mean, each, each year, one year we won 16 medals and we thought that was a lot. And then all of a sudden we're winning 27 medals. You know, roasters are winning them. And this year, who kn- probably a lot of competitions will be canceled and everything. But the coffee is still getting better every year.
0: For anyone who doesn't know what sugars and beans are, uh, sugars isn't sugar as we think about it. It's what actually creates the coffee's taste. And mm-hmm. complexity and character. So a high concentration of sugar in coffee is actually a very good thing. It's similar to having a high concentration of sugar in wines. It's what actually gives it its flavor, you know, upper yep. tones, lower tones, acidity. Yeah,
1: yeah. Thanks, yeah. Nicole. Very well put. It's totally true. When we get a high natural sugar content, it's like if you picked an apple that wasn't ripe, it wouldn't have as much sugar as if you picked a perfectly ripe apple. It's the same thing with coffee or wine or, or you know, grapes for wine. So yeah, very well put.
0: It's about its flavorfulness, not
2: its sweetness.
1: Right.
0: Yeah. I don't want to keep you forever because I know that you are very busy. Cindy, do you have any other questions? I think you've answered all my key questions. Well, I have to I have to ask about the sloth on the website. Oh, I, <laughs> well, I want to another thing. You guys have to go to the website and look at the sloth because I want to reach yeah. it and pull him out and hug him.
1: Yeah, it looks like Chewbacca, really.
2: Oh, <laughs> Yeah, I was actually curious about the animals that are benefiting from your Mm -hmm. sustainable methods, like what other animals and what have you seen Mm -hmm. as far as repopulation or Mm -hmm. the benefits that you've encountered from this wonderful work you're doing in the rainforest?
1: Yeah, so there are three-toed endangered sloths in the rainforest that we protect next to our farm. When you get our coffees, you're actually helping protect these sloths and the rainforest. There are also howler monkeys there. Toucans, there are all kinds of finches. It's just filled with hummingbirds. There's oh, this. I know. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, oh my God, this...
2: I want to be there.
1: <laughs> <I know>. Yes.
0: <laughs> so, the book. Oops, yeah, so, oh,
1: I heard a cat. How cute. Yeah, so, that fake hunting. there are these really tiny hummingbirds all over where our wet mill is. But then when you hike up into the rainforest, there are these enormous hummingbirds with this beautiful blue color on them. And <gasps> I really want someone who's an expert in. Um, ornithology to come and tell us what they are, but there are these beautiful hummingbirds also, all kinds of plants, natural orchids and other flowers and trees. and nature benefits very much by us protecting this rainforest. You know the alternative would have been someone else chopping it down if we hadn't been protecting it. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of environmental good that's done. We also are using filters that are made of volcanic material that we got from a volcano to wash water, to clean water after it's used to wash coffee so it doesn't go back into nature dirty. We're doing composting of coffee cherries and infusing them with chicken droppings And we're using a mushroom to kill coffee borer beetle instead of pesticide. We use machetes instead of herbicide to control weeds. And most people in the industry just use an herbicide that kills all the weeds and leaves them dead for months. But we have to attack the weeds with machetes every three weeks because it's so lush. And we just want to use natural methods.
2: You're also employing more people to do yeah. that methods. I mean, it's fantastic. Yep. It's such a synergistic relationship.
1: Yeah, it really is. We appreciate it so much when roasters like you guys have our coffees, it makes a world of difference. So we, we really appreciate it.
0: Well, we appreciate when Farmers like you guys and growers create such great coffees. That was one of the reasons we definitely wanted to have you on here. And for those of you who purchase from queenbean.com, you know that we're running a special right now where if you purchase a 2.5 pound bag, of Gold Mountain Coffee Growers coffee, you'll receive a free pound. Uh, really, we just we we want to move as much of your coffee as we possibly can because we want to be buying from you guys in 2030 and 2040. For those of you who haven't tried this delicious coffee uh, and you're listening, if you'd like to try some, email us at info@thequeenbean.com. At Tell us you listen to the podcast that you'd like to try the coffee, and we'll send you a free sample.
1: Wow, yeah. that's so generous.
0: Once they try it, they're going to come back and buy more. So
1: That's true. That's (laughs) true. true. Yeah. People are going to get hooked once they taste. They can taste the difference and see why it's so awesome. So that's great.
0: Yeah. And I think the other thing too, I'd I'd just throw in here from someone who kind of grew up in in the coffee world, but on a different side than you. These relationships that you have with these farmers, I imagine, are going to last for generations. Like I know, it's such a small, tight-knit community. We've been in business since 1850, and we have farmers that knew my grandfather and my great, you know, wow. my great grandfather. And so when we see people like you who are really investing in the community, you have people that seem to love working with you guys. And just by the quality of the coffee, you can tell that they're enjoying what they do that they're passionate about it, probably skills are going to pass down to their kids. So it's really important to us that we get you guys out there.
1: Awesome. And thank you so much. Nicole probably. and Cindy. You guys are wonderful for all of your work promoting these coffees and making the industry thrive. So thank you so much.
2: Oh, thank you for a quality product and for all this wonderful work you're doing.
1: Yeah, well, it's, it's not me. It's a whole team of hundreds or even thousands of, of people. When you look at all the numbers of down to pickers and community members, it takes more than a village. It's a mm-hmm. whole bunch of communities in Nicaragua. So, yeah.
0: Well, thank you very much, Ben, for taking the time to speak with us today and tell us more about how you got involved with coffee and really the great work that you guys are doing and about this year's crop, which we'll be excited to try. Anyone listening, if you'd like to learn more about Gold Mountain Coffee Growers, you can either click through either our blog or our product page for them, or you can go to goldmountaincoffeegrowers.com, or you can look for them on Instagram. I encourage you to to read more and definitely go see the picture of the
1: sloth because it's adorable. (laughs)
2: Yeah, thanks, Ben. I hope you'll come back and talk to us again.
1: Of course, anytime. Yeah, thank you both so much. Thanks, Ben. And thank you
0: all for listening. Um, We'll be back next month. See you soon, guys.
1: Thanks.